Why, hello, welcome to episode number 333 of the Applog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by AAXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins for your digital audio workstation. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. If you want to support my work on a monthly basis, please go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go buy some stuff at the shop. I have a t-shirt there for sale right now, a design. Um, it's a classic design. It's been around for eight years. Um, yeah, go to applelog.ca shop. If you're on iTunes or podcast app in uh, Apple, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the show and give it five stars, please. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter and now on Spotify. Check it out on Spotify. Spotify is this thing that uh, people uh, don't get paid for their music to be played on. And neither do podcasters. <laughs> so, um, yeah, please, please uh, go check all that stuff out. Uh, today on the show, I have Davey Johnson from the band Kada Confucianaries. Um, and I have to admit, I, I, I put this one in the can about early February. And I went and did a whole bunch of traveling. And I got back home and I realized I hadn't put this one out yet. So uh, Davey and Matt, I apologize for not putting this one out sooner. But there is an album coming out there. This one would have been um, there. Uh, the single was called Everybody Wants What They Can't Have. But um, they're putting a record album out called Westernization. And uh, that's coming out soon. So this might work out. This might work out. So uh, the Co- Confusionaries is a is a rock and roll band based out of Edmonton. Uh, Davey was um, helped nice enough to come on the show and easy, you know, to interview. It was his first interview, by the way, on a podcast. So welcome. Uh, I broke you, Cherry. Uh, and once again, I apologize for being late on releasing this. I, I don't know what came over me and what happened, but I do know that I've been all over North America doing things. So, you know, things get sort of... They fall through the cracks. I'm a one-man one man show out here. So everybody, please welcome to the show Davey Johnson from the Confucianaries on the Apple App Podcast. I hope I pronounced the name right. before what never done a podcast no wow well welcome (laughs) it's 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 uh it's (laughs) this is uh this is quite easy it's just people talking there's no like hey so tell me how awesome you are and give me 30 seconds go no i wasn't i'm not going that way i'm in that direction um so anyways uh yeah uh, thanks for coming on the show uh Tell me a little bit about yourself. I know Edmonton is a very place, special place in my heart. Um, I used to know a lot of people out of Edmonton, um, bands, and used to go there a lot in bands. And it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a special place in my heart. Wonderful. It's uh, it's it's an interesting town. It's uh, I've 
I feel like I'm one of very few people who have been here my entire life. So, yeah, everybody always disappears and moves somewhere else. Yeah, they all head for the coast. They're probably smarter than me, but you know, <laughs> you never know. I mean, honestly, to move out to Vancouver, meaning it costs you money to get out there, it costs you way more to live. Uh, makes it harder to be an artist out there, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, this is obviously not your first band. Uh, when did you When did you get When did you get into this? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was about thirteen, fourteen years old, and uh, uh, yeah, I've been grade nine. And from there, I would have. Uh, Kind of connected with some people that I went to school with at that time, and uh, and put a little band together, and we've been. Uh, I, I I still know those people. I'm still still connected with them. So yeah, that's that's the joy of of living in not just like a small smaller city, but like because I almost moved to Calgary actually to open a recording studio there, and when I did, I was like surprised that in my Mid twenties, I was having brunch with people. I mean, that seems so grown up, but I think it's just sort of a true sense of that prairie community of people still kind of like to connect with each other, and it's not like a big city where everybody's out trying to compete. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I mean, is that is that a fair assumption? Uh, no, that is a fair assumption. It's kind of a it's it's a really big small town in that way. I mean, it's I mean, it's a city with more than a million people in the in it and around it, but but the arts community is still pretty small and, and um, everybody seems to know everybody. And if they don't, then there's at least a handful of mutual friends. Yeah. So <clears throat> putting, putting together a band, um, I mean, I listen to the record. There's a lot of like old, like second generation country music in there that I hear. Obviously, I don't know if that's intentional, but like, you know, oh, yeah. George Jones, uh, Will, Will, you know, um, Whalen, that type of stuff. Um, yeah is that where you did you pull from that is this always been something you've been into uh it's not something i've always been into but it's something that i got into uh a little bit more in my adulthood um i i started in on like punk rock and metal like a lot of uh like a, a lot of youth will in in uh in the 90s and sort of got into blues a little bit later on and then, like most people, I think the um, the sort of musical journeys you land on country music eventually. It all like the country music and blues music are there's there's a there's a family tree that sprouts from there that that goes into so many directions that if you're if you're tracing back, you're going to end up um, on in some some traditional uh, traditional country and traditional blues. So. Yeah, that was sort of like in that in your region too. That's where I kind of like got into like bands like Sunvolt and Uncle Tupelo and Wilco, and there was that type of like still just a taste of country, but not really enough to have just people showing up with cowboy boots. There was like yeah. it was just just enough and a smattering enough to sort of say, well, I'm, I'm this is relatable. I like it, but it's also doesn't carry all the other luggage of what country and western music is all about, which is dogs and cars and trucks, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 but it still comes from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that second generation to me of of country too that still has some legit a to it, 
And it doesn't that once you get into that third wave, it's like, Ooh, Whoa, what are we doing here? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I got to agree. It's tough to swallow. <laughs> it's tough to swallow. And, um, I mean, what, what, uh, what punk rock did you, did you witness as a, as a teenager in Edmonton? Um, well, the local bands at the time, I mean, there's always kind of a revolving door, but as far as, as far as bigger, more accessible bands, um, I was, I was big into Rancid and, uh, and, um, Green Day was pretty big around that time and the Offspring were kind of coming out at that time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see any SNFU shows? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the Smalls. The oh, Smalls yeah, were yeah, still yeah. active at that time too, so. Yeah, I used to work for SNFU. I was their sound guy. So I went through oh. Edmonton a lot. Um, yeah, um, and uh, the brand, the, I, th- I don't think there's too many. I think Dave Bacon still lives out that way. I saw Dave Bacon just the other day. Ah, you tell him I say hi. He's a sweet man. Sweet man. He is. Um, yeah, I, I like. I worked for them. Actually, the very last uh, show that had Dave Reese and um, and and uh, Brent Belke was at the convention center in Edmonton, opening for Bad Religion. Oh wow! Yeah, and that was in '98, '97, '98, and uh, a fantastic show. I recorded it. And then lost the master tapes over the period of the past twenty five years or something. They're they're gone. Uh, <laughs> somewhere there's a master of that live in Edmonton at the convention center. But uh, no, I mean honestly, I think it was Bad Religion's first time ever going to Edmonton. It might have been. They've really only still only been here a few times. So yeah, and the Smalls used to have that venue. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think it was like in the west north end of Edmonton ish. Uh, this was sort know. of in the mid nineties, 95 ish. Yeah. I don't know that I was ever there. I, um, I would have been going to their shows more, more in the later half of the nineties. So, yeah. um, I saw, I remember, I, I know I saw both bands at reds, um, which was attached to West Edmonton mall. It's like a live venue that was there. It was, uh, and they had lots of great bands there i saw the misfits there too but they had this big um this big area this big dance floor that was inevitably going to become a mosh pit but it had this huge pillar right in the middle of it (laughs) every once in a while you'd you'd be the unlucky kid that smacked right into it uh, you couldn't use it as like a pivotal point like the for the for that circle circle it was a little bit off center so so it was it was it was it was very poorly placed but oh my gosh yeah, that's hilarious. Um, now, now, here's a legitimate question. Do you find like being in a smaller city gives you a little bit more um, uh, ability to create music? Um, not just for the financial reason, but for the actual artistic expression reason. Um, a little bit. I mean, it's. I guess you have to sort of account for the financial reason, too, um, because there's you can have a little bit more time to create, but, uh, but there's a pretty good, I mean, between the, the cost of living, which is ever increasing, of course, and, and, uh, and the amount of people that there are around to draw from and to, uh, and to connect with, it's a pretty good. It's a good place to, to have a band and to start a band. Um, but it's, um, 
it can be difficult to get out of Edmonton. Yeah, that's understandable. So, yeah, you know, it, it, we're a little bit um, isolated here in that. Um, any like really big like Calgary is just down the street basically, but but Vancouver is a good thirteen hours, and uh, you know Toronto might as well be uh, worlds know, away. Like, worlds away exactly it might as well be new york city or los angeles because it's it's that far right oh yeah i think the mason dixon line of canada is winnipeg so if you were to make a trip to winnipeg that's 13 hours 14 hours from edmonton i believe yeah. uh 12 hours from calgary here and if you go to calgary then you're t 12 hours away from vancouver everything's like 12 hours away ish but yeah but toronto once you get across you have to go over the lakes it gets really cagey with live animals and danger of just crashing yeah. people falling asleep drunk drivers and uh, more people i know have been in near fatal car crashes in that area like thunder bay going down to sault ste marie i don't st yeah. i still think there's no self-service there <laughs> you used to leave sault ste marie and then boom no cell service and this is like 10 years ago the last time i did it it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And you can drive for hours without ever seeing a highway sign indicating where you are or anything <laughs> too. So Yeah. I used yeah. to take uh, I used to take road trips up there to record bands in Thunder Bay. And I remember leaving once in a January and it was brutal. Just driving and it took hours and hours, way more, because it's I like it's funny, I know exactly how many hours. It's seventeen hours to get to Thunder Bay from here. And when you get there, it's like it was twenty five plus hours of driving, like just just grip into the wheel and say please don't i don't want to die <laughs> nothing run out in front yeah. of me yeah it's a um it's yeah it's, it can be a drag but do you have actually any aspirations to come to toronto because not a lot of people not a lot of people need to especially west coast people yeah i mean <clears throat> i don't know as far as west coast goes like edmonton is as you say it's kind of equidistant from everything like you'll at worst you'll be a, a hard day's drive from home yeah. right, at any given any given time. But once we're crossing the Canadian Shield, it's it's like being in another country. So we've never played out that way. Um, I'm not averse to it. But uh, at the same time, like if we're if we were going to go out there, we might as well spend some time there and and uh, and, and be thorough. Right. And be yeah. effective in that. Yeah, sure. there's there's timing with that too because if you do Putza Fest or uh, North by Northwest or Canadian Music Week, I don't know if that still exists, but if you do these these type of conferences, then yeah. you can book stuff around it, and then you're there to actually make business rather than money. But yeah, but that's you know, well, uh, you know, there it's like it's, I don't know what the percentage of the population of Canada, but they all lives just in this area, so you can book shows between Toronto, London, Ontario, like Windsor, like that way and then you can go as far as montreal and there's a lot of shows to be had so it almost makes sense for sometimes for bands just to fly to yeah. the toronto and then use that as your landing base and then do a bunch of shows and then fly home because it's it's 20 plus hours just to winnipeg from here yeah and then once you're once you're out there like my understanding is that uh it's all the major centers are kind of just a few hours from each other yeah and things so. are getting booked up now. Like I'm trying to book a show in May and it's like, hey, you, can you want a Thursday? Cause all the Friday, Saturdays are booked. It's like, wow, <laughs> astounding. Yeah. 
but the um you know it it is like i i don't know if touring is is as effective as it was what's what's your uh what's your thoughts on the whole thing uh well i mean we like touring we our our live show is is essentially the product like our live show sells records and uh um so it's it's part of the deal for us i would love to have uh, a better presence and i think we've been building one online and and um and being a little more effective in that way but um i don't know i it's hard for me to picture a reality of playing in a rock and roll band without playing without playing a lot of shows yeah and you know what you kind of hit on a point there of trying to pull it all together as a musician. I mean, there's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to self-manage your band, try to get shows, try to get recordings done, try to make sure that you're moving in a forward direction, making sure that everybody in the band's on the same page. Like it is, there's so much demands on bands these days to sort of wear many caps. And, yeah. and if you don't wear the political cap, which is what I never wore correctly, uh, then you can somehow be, shunned or 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 have a bad name because you're duly fighting for what's correctly yours when it comes to negotiating you know yeah and if you had a, yeah especially now yeah i mean getting a manager would have been probably the best idea i ever made just so then it's like when i say no make demands then they're like well that's just the band being temperamental that's what the manager says right you know and then you know and the manager can stop working for the band but it doesn't tarnish the band's name because it's so tricky these days man yeah yeah it truly is and uh so we've started working with a manager more recently and uh and she's whipped us into shape in a, in a couple of different ways and yeah. uh um particularly with how we present ourselves online and stuff um yeah. it's probably the most the easiest uh, metric anyway to uh to follow because when you start getting those followers and you start getting those likes and shares and that engagement. Sorry, I'm at work right now. Um, I was like, what is going on over there? It's like you launching a space capsule to the moon? Yeah, I should learn how to turn the volume down. That's pretty awesome. Right what was that code? What do you do? Sorry, I might be getting you in trouble now. Oh, I, I work for Long and McQuaid. Oh, wow. That's where the music begins. It is where the music begins. That's amazing. Um, so. I just bought a bass from Long and McQuaid in, in Mississauga. Do you, did you see that, that data go through that? <laughs> you see that? Uh -huh. <laughs> um, actually, I got to tell you a funny Long and McQuaid story real fast. Um, there's obviously a lot of Long and McQuaids in the GTA. And there's yeah. a guy that drives around in a van. Yeah. And he's the guy who takes things like... They need a box of the guitar strings to go to the blur store because they're out. And then, so this guy just drives all over the place. And I had bought a console with Long McQuaid, a Behringer console, not cheap. And uh, I'm asking, I'm like, well, where's the, I mean, cause I'm like making a plan. Like, well, I know it's ready. Where is it? Well, it's in the truck. I'm like, where's the truck? We don't know. I'm like, what? Well, how do, well, are you sure? Like, can you call the guy? No, we can't call the guy. I'm like, well, what if that guy's just sitting at home smoking weed, watching TV? Like, how do you, how do you manage that? And I'm like, can you just go find the guy? Because I'm like going to Toronto and I'm coming back and either I'm going to go home or I'm going to go to the store. And I couldn't get an answer. I was quite pissed. 
So put that in the in the Long and McQuaid suggestion boxes. Find out where the guy in the van is. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Best progress. We'll, we'll put a tracker on. It's no problem. Yeah, like uh, what are those uh, those Apple Air Tags? Yeah, yeah. Embed it though. Like make him swallow it. <laughs> um well that's cool we're thrown off track now um so yeah so plans for the summer is uh well there's um we've got a, a a good number of festival applications in right now the the record comes out april 13th uh we'll be um maneuvering ourselves between here and Vancouver. I think we're getting on to Vancouver Island as well um, around that time, and uh, and then we're kind of holding on to see see what festivals we can get in on, largely in Western Canada, of course. And then in the fall, we'll try and uh, try and do another loop, kind of before the snow flies. Yeah. So are you are you the type of band that does like a week on week off kind of thing, like around holidays? And that's you know, there's no shame in that, man. We try to. I mean, if if we're leaving town, it, like leaving town for one show is just as hard as leaving town for three or four shows. So yeah. we might as well play three or four shows if we can. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so. book your own your own band? Yeah. Shows wise? Yeah. It's a trip. That's yeah. the trickiest one is trying to maintain that type of connection, especially if you hold a full time job, because it is actually a full time job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and um, I share that responsibility with our manager a bit yeah um which is good because she can ask for more money than i can because <laughs> it's like hey do you want to come play this show absolutely i do yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just it's music so, yeah 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 no i get yeah, it like this this is what i do right so yeah. to have somebody that's like uh they're worth a little bit more than that and yeah. and to kind of get into the nitty-gritty i'm just like Yes. I'll, also, I'll just take a back seat. A key somebody. point of having a manager too, as well, yeah. is that you're not, you're not sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had this conversation a thousand times about art and commerce and how the music business has two words, an oxymoron. They shouldn't really, they don't really go together. There's the yeah. music, there's art of the art, and there's music, and then there's business and business and art. It's a tough crossover point where, um, as an artist, you're like, I just want to make music and I want to be happy. And that, but that unfortunately it doesn't pay the bills, you know? Yeah. So, so there's, there's, well, you know, sorry, the guys. idea that you should, you should just love doing it and you should do it for free. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, Einstein really loved math, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's, yeah, a super good point. I mean, honestly, there should, I, I just interviewed a guy named Jim Bryson who talked a little bit like, should there should be an, enough integrity of someone to say, like, when you press send on an invoice to say, like, there is there is nothing wrong with putting a monetary value against the thing you do, yeah. um, but it's tricky as an artist because I mean we all kind of get it into it for love, right? And we do our most of our lives making music, playing in sort of smaller places and enjoying life. It's that next level where things start coming in. We really start getting paid, where it changes a lot of bands. And I never got there, but I've seen bands where that does change them. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly can. And uh, there, there's there's certain metrics that I just, I'd rather not know. And I know that everything, there's a lot of, there's metrics for everything now, especially your social media accounts and who's, you know, how much of your YouTube video was watched by how many people and all of this stuff. And 
you know, I, I almost don't really want to know which songs people like more um, than others because I don't really want those sorts of figures to affect what I'm doing artistically. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, I just, I need to do this. Like I need to make the songs that are in me to make. And if I am doing that and I'm genuine in that and it resonates with people, then that's great. If I am doing something that I think people are going to like for the sake of people liking it, it's going to, it's going to be insincere and it's going to be perceived as insincere and it's, and it's not going to go where I want it to anyway. So. You raise that's, that's such an important point about honesty and being legitimate about who you are, because that really does travel through from, 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 from the, from the word go, from the lyrics you use to the, to the presence online, to the show you present. There has to be yeah. some legitimacy. I mean, like I worked with bands who are legitimate, like drug addicts, but I mean, I'm not saying you have to go that far. But I'm saying, but I've seen that type of fakeness that really is so off-putting because it's like, why? Who are you trying to fool here? Because you're not fooling yeah. me, and like I'm only just a member of society. That you know, maybe I'm a little crit critical on things, but at the same time, there is a there's like who are you trying to fool thing here, and yeah. uh, I mean that's why I never liked like bands like Good Charlotte because I'm like, you guys aren't you pretending to be punk, but you're not. You know, you wear your class shirts, but you're not punk rock and i never claimed to be punk rock ever in my life yeah. but i know that that isn't <laughs> you know what i mean and they yeah. just do judging you know maybe those guys i mean i've met those guys they seem okay the the twins but I, i'm i'm like they're not really twins anymore because one guy's like twice the size of the other guy like something disproportionately happened like one of them yeah, yeah i don't know but yeah there's that le level of honesty and legitimacy that real music you know people especially people like music like yours where it's like if they think like you know they're, they're gonna see through it you know but i have the song i could play it if you want do you want to hear it sure all right yeah you probably only heard it about a thousand times yeah I've, well i've heard it once or twice yeah okay here it comes i know all the words
talk a little bit about the recording because it it uh, it sounds really really good. It sounds live, like people playing in a band. Yeah, well, it was um, it was live. Like we we recorded all the the bass and drums and and guitar live off the floor, and then the only overdubs are the vocal and there's a baritone part in there. Um, that was obviously done after the fact because I can only play one guitar at a time. And uh, but the the studio that we did it is um, the Edmonton studio, which was owned by Doug Organ for a while, and he sold it and he split for California. And so um, one of the people that is involved in purchasing it from him is our drummer. So oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So through um, COVID, once there was all these mandates for, you know, everybody has to be separate. Nobody's allowed to sing at each other and anything like that. We were able to go into this underutilized studio and be completely separate from each other and do all the pre-production for this album. And then one day, once we kind of got all our amp tones the way we wanted them and figured out which guitars we're going to play and stuff like that we hit the red button and uh and started tracking so um so over the course of a couple of months um we went from not having any songs to having this record that's and then we great. sent it off to get mixed yeah. by uh laurie matheson in calgary yeah and and so the idea of creating music and recording it as you're creating it that gives it that sense of immediacy right like that means that it's this <laughs> that gives it the fact that this is something that we wrote and we're recording it and then you can rework it if you want but but you're still working through the music right yeah exactly that's cool line two who's that line two. Who, who's getting line two the uh, band department line two um, medium con commerce is happening around us. It, it is happening all over Canada. Yeah. Now, do you have your finger on the pulse of all of Canada? Because isn't like, no, actually, the actual headquarters is in Pickering or something, right? Of Long McQuaid? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. My buddy um, Todd uh, is one of the acousticians that works for Yorkville, and he designed oh. most of those speakers that, like, Yorkville stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Todd Michaels. Like, he. He like he basically took apart like a SVT cabinet, uh, eight by ten cabinet, and made a trainer version of it. I was like, it's kind of cool, kind of cool. Totally. Yeah. Well, hey man, um, I think this is great. I think you know you guys do good music, and you know keep in touch, and you know because whenever something happens, let me know or let Chad know to let me know, and we'll carry this on. If you enjoyed it, it's your first podcast. It's got to yeah. be an award. Where's the award? It's got to be. I'll mark it on the calendar at very least. You know, you get a hot when you score your first goal like, and you get that, yeah. then you get a hockey puck and put first podcast. It has nothing to do with hockey, but it yeah. does mark the, the occasion. And uh, yeah. I, I hope it was uh, enjoyable. And uh, I hope this doesn't scare you off from doing other podcasts. No, this is fun. This is totally, <laughs> uh, totally cool. Amazing, man. Well, thanks for doing the show and keep it up. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll be in touch. And that was Davey Johnson from the band, The Confucianaries. And once again, I do apologize for not putting this out sooner. Um, 
Well, my only excuse is that I was visiting family in Florida. I was working on this documentary in California the week after. Then I came home and started a new job. And I, like I said, it's, that's, I guess that is an excuse. I guess I have made an excuse as to why I didn't put this episode out sooner. Apologizes, apologizes, apologies, everybody. Um, okay, so what's happening? Uh, yeah, like I said, this this documentary is wrapping up. I have just pitched a new idea for a new documentary I'm doing on. It's a secret, and uh, I'm very excited to get started on it. Hopefully, I have something to watch by the fall or early next year around this time. Um, yeah. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and podcast app, wherever you have an Apple device. Give it five stars, please. Um, go to Spotify. Check it out on Spotify. Spotify is sort of a new thing. I'm trying it out. I have to change a few things around to make it work um, for Spotify, so I'm not sure if it's messing up the rest of the show. Uh, I do know that they're getting updated properly in the list, uh, how, how they're supposed to, but, uh, you know, who knows? Life's weird. Um eventually going to be changing uh, my website to not just Apolog.ca, but Apolog Productions. Because uh, I'm going to start folding in this documentary business into um, into the podcast. So that should be fun. I got all summer to do that. And then this this website will keep going for about another year. And once the, the new site launches, it'll, everything will just seamlessly move over to the new website. And uh, you'll be able to carry on as per usual, but the only difference is you'll be able to look at and see whatever I'm doing visually, being documentaries or videos or electronic press kits or any type of stuff going on. And uh, I will be closing my studio's website because who cares? Nobody <laughs> who cares? Um, that's, yeah, that's a horrible... Well, yeah, who cares? And, uh, and then uh, any other websites that I sort of manage will probably hopefully get folded into this productions website. Okay, that's the news. I don't really give news and updates, but I figure you do, you know, and I'm going to try and put out more episodes this year. I only put 14 episodes out last year, and, like, you know, it was a busy time. Life is busy, okay? And there's only so much pandemic talk you can talk about. Only so much. So thank you so much for everybody for watching and listening to the show. Watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. I I hope to see you next week, and I know I already got episodes recorded, and uh, once again... Davey and Matt, I apologize for not getting this episode out sooner. Um, I am forever in your debt. I'm grateful. Um, keep them coming. Love you guys. Bye.